Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management and marketing professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. In the tech space every year, there seems to always be a phrase or a word that's sort of like the buzzword of the year. And actually, I think in the last couple of years, one of those big words or phrases is IoT, right? The Internet of Things. So I really wanted to get someone on this show who, who can really talk about what that is and how it affects us as product managers. And who better to do that than Daniel Elizaldi? So Daniel Elizaldi is an IoT product consultant. He trains product managers managers around the world on how to become highly successful at managing IoT products. He is the author of the leading blog on IoT product management and the creator of the IoT Decision Framework. Uh, he also teaches a course at Stanford Continuing Studies called Product Management for the Internet of Things. So this is clearly a source for us here. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I am excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I've been a fan of the podcast and your work for a while, so it's really great to have this conversation. Yes, and I have been a, a big reader of, of your work as well. So let's start with the basics, right? When we say, when you say Internet of Things, what does that mean? Yes, I th I'm really glad to have this opportunity because there's a lot of confusion and, and buzzwords. And really, the Internet of Things is it's just a marketing term for the ability to have connected devices, everyday devices, hardware, to the internet so that we can collect data from its surroundings and provide some value for our, our customers. And it's a huge umbrella term and a lot of different things fall into that. So uh, everything in that sense that's connected to the internet can be part of the internet of things. So anywhere from you know the typical things that we hear about, like the smart refrigerator and the smart toaster, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Really, anything like connected vehicles or uh, renewable energy or smart water pumps or all those things are also part of the Internet of Things. And I focus a lot more on uh, the industrial and enterprise side of things um, as opposed to the, uh, the consumer goods, which, yes, it's the same technology and it's the same challenges, but the true impact of the Internet of Things is it's at a much bigger scale. And, and why do you think it has had such a big, it's been so popular and you hear so much about it. What are the, why is it so important? Why, what are the implications of it at that enterprise level? Yes. So at its essence, it's the ability to add sensors to things so that you can measure their surrounding and collect data. And I think it's been an evolution of all the different technology uh, trends that have been around us for some time that has enabled us to get here. So sensors are getting cheaper, computing power is getting cheaper. Now we have connectivity that's cheap and fast. We have the cloud. And so all those things together allows us to connect these devices. And so of course the imagination can go, uh, can run wild and say, well, if we connect all these devices, we can control things remotely and we can uh, see things from our phones. Um, but that's just one part. The, the part that is really valuable for the enterprise is the ability to have sensors and data around the context of physical environments so that you can collect data and then improve something, right? And so if you think about just the, the software counterpart, as product managers, we're really uh, attuned to adding uh, instrumentation so that we can see how our customers are using our product. 
Well, now if we can do that in the real world, if we can add sensors so that um, manufacturing facilities can acquire data and update their process or figure out when something is about to fail or gives you uh, visibility into things that you've never seen before of your process, of your product, all in the real world in real time, that's why it's so powerful. And like I said, because it's this umbrella term that fits into this uh, other myriad of technologies. So for example, we hear a lot about artificial intelligence and machine learning. Well, through IoT, you collect the data and then you process it through artificial intelligence. We hear a lot about virtual reality. Well, all the data that you collect from the real world, you can actually uh, present it through virtual reality. We hear a lot about blockchain. Well, that's just another way of taking data from the real world into the cloud, et cetera. Right? So all these technologies can fit within this philosophy of the Internet of Things, but ultimately the goal is that we can provide more value to our customers. So it's really interesting comparison when you think about it. Like you said, as software, we're used to our software being very adaptive and responding to where we went, right? Um, but you don't usually think of sort of hardware, the physical items in the world being able to do that. And it sounds like, you know, IoT is allowing it to evolve and respond and react in a very similar way that we see some software or at least starting to work towards that. That is correct. And, and I think it works both ways because I, I often joke that I've been in IoT before it was cool, right? I've been doing this kind of systems <laughs> for like 20 years. And I started my career as a, a solutions uh, architect for manufacturing systems. And at that time, we were able to gather a lot of data from the manufacturing line and then store it in a local server. And so that was like half of the equation. And so if you're coming from a hardware world or from an automation world, we were able to get the sensor part and the storage part, but we didn't have the availability of that data anywhere in the world. We didn't have the compute power or the tools to actually make a lot of sense of that data. Right? So that's where the two worlds meet, right? If you're coming from a more physical world, now you have the ability to distribute this data and analyze it, et cetera, worldwide. Um, with a lot more power in real time. If you're coming just from the purely software data, now you have a way to instrument all the way towards the physical world. And that's where this juncture of the Internet of Things is, is causing a lot of uh, opportunity, disruption, and challenges as well. Oh, yeah. And, and as you as you talked about, the, the rise of AI, the speed at which we can compute the data and use it also makes all of this, not only is it possible now, but it's useful, right? Uh, you, you can turn this data into information. So I, I can start to see that this has a huge impact on product management. Can we talk a little bit about that and, and the sort of the role of product management within IoT products? For sure. And, and as you mentioned before, that's, that's my specialty because I've been in product roles for a long, long time and I've been head of product of companies building IoT solutions. And so I've been able to uh, kind of see some of the challenges that we're facing. And, and one of the things that I always uh, talk about to, to my clients or in my classes is, is that as all these components become more available and cheaper, then more and more companies are starting to go into an internet of things paradigm, meaning adding sensors, connecting physical devices into the cloud. And so therefore there's a bigger demand for product managers to be uh, conversant in this new world. And the challenge of this new world for product managers is that it is way more complex 
than anything we've managed before. And the reason it's more complex is not because it has inherent complexity because it's something super new. The, the reason it's so complex is because the scope is so much bigger. As I mentioned before, you have uh, hardware, product managers that have been developing hardware forever, and you have front-end product managers or cloud product managers, and that's a well-understood discipline. But if you think about an IoT solution, right, you have, in my, my approach, and I guess we'll talk more about it in a second, you have five layers to every uh, technology stack of an IoT product. You have device hardware, device software, networking communications, a cloud platform, and then front-end applications. And so all of a sudden, product managers have to understand how all those pieces fit together. So the challenges really are figuring out you know, how your role is expanding from the uh, surface that you have to cover. That's one thing. And then the other things that add to the challenge is because now that you put those elements together, you can now enable new business models, and I'm happy to talk more about that. You uh, also open yourself to bigger security risks. Um, you have, uh, from a policy and regulation perspective, kind of like the worst of both worlds, right? Because you have all the regulations on hardware and all the regulations on software. So all of a sudden, the scope grows. And without a way to think about how do you convey your vision, create your roadmaps, communicate to your teams, all of a sudden, you see all these pieces start falling together. Wow. So it's, it's like the responsibilities of what was five different product management roles in one. Yes. And, and uh, I always uh, joke that I keep adding responsibilities to uh, this product managers, right? Because now I talk to some and, and they say, okay, I, I got this part. It's like, okay, what about security? What about policy? What about privacy? What about, so the, the challenges of all the different areas of product management all of a sudden come together, right? So it's not only the big data, it's not only, and then on top of that, if you think about the front end, well, the front end could have any type of format. So for an IoT application, for example, in, in industrial applications, it's not rare to have desktop, web, tablet, mobile, phone. So all of those already exist. It's just that the data is coming from this whole stack, right? So it's, it's all together what is making it really uh, challenging. Wow. So what kind of, how have the skills needed then for a product manager in IoT? How do the skills change? What other skills or what, maybe they don't change, but maybe there's a particular uh, focus on certain skills that are needed for product managers in IoT? For sure. Um, the way I think about it is that product managers working on IoT solutions need to have system thinking. So they need to be able to step back and see the whole picture. Now, it's really hard to say, well, now you have to be an expert product manager in hardware and software and embedded and networking, right? That's just really hard. But you have to understand all the different pieces. You have to understand how they fit together. You have to understand the challenges and, and um, opportunities from a technology perspective, but also the business models that it opens the security implications that it has, right? And usually what I see is that product managers in IoT become more of a um, translator, facilitator, communicator across all these different teams. And you have specialists, right? You have somebody that is, has the depth knowledge, let's say 
just on the cloud part or somebody that has just the hardware part or somebody that has just the industry part. But what really happens is that companies build IoT product teams and the team needs to be very strong. And that means you have your specialists, but everybody needs to understand how the whole system is put together, challenges, pros and cons. Wow. What about metrics? Do the metrics that we watch or the KPIs we watch change, or are they still pretty much the same? They're pretty much the same. Um, I think that uh, it's, it's uh, easy to want to revert to um, more traditional hardware metrics. For example, I talked to some companies where their metrics are about number of gadgets built or number of units deployed, uh, those kind of things. And those are somewhat important, but product management really needs to be focused on the outcome. And are, do we have the right metric from a company perspective, let's say improving revenue by X amount by going into an IoT type of approach? And then based on that, we need to figure out, okay, on this whole stack, how, how do we actually improve that revenue, right? And so I think that the, the challenge is stepping back a little bit and seeing what's the outcome that we're going to provide by this whole solution and the number of gadgets, uh, number of API calls, number of this, number of that, that really doesn't matter, right? Well, and you did mention earlier that um, the sort of IoT would enable some more business models. Can we talk a little bit about that and maybe and some of the impact that can have? Yes, yes. I think that's, that's really one of the, the very interesting things that, that we're seeing is that one of the big differences for physical products specifically is that when you have a connected device, now you have this communication with your customer on a 24 seven basis. And if you're coming from the software cloud perspective, you are kind of used to that, but that is very, very new for anybody that produces hardware. And I'm talking about thinking about industries like healthcare and energy and smart buildings and transportation and railroad, right? Those kind of applications. And so, if you have the ability to have this connectivity 24 seven with your customer, then what other business models could you provide? And so this really opens the idea of the as a service business model. And the idea here is that a lot of um, customers that are buying these solutions, they really don't care how the solution is implemented. They are thinking about the outcome they want to get from the solution. And so as product managers and companies, we have to figure out how do we provide an outcome-based approach? How do we uh, you know, break that barrier of, of uh, purchasing friction with our customer? And that's where things like the as-a-service product comes in, where instead of actually selling a device, you're actually selling the insights of the data that the device is going to produce. Or instead of selling the device itself, you're selling a service like a like an actual professional service of if your machine is going to fail i am going to send you a repairman before it actually fails so that it can save you downtime right and that is a huge shift for companies because companies that are used to selling gadgets and doing quota based on you know number of units etc all of a sudden the product becomes the vehicle for the deliver delivering 
the revenue generating service. And that's a huge thing because it affects all departments in the company, right? You sell it differently, you market it differently, you deploy it differently, your partners are different, right? And of course, the product needs to support all those interactions, right? Needs to support the sales cycle, needs to support the partner ecosystem, et cetera, right? So that's why it's really interesting what we're seeing because these connected products enable us to explore in these directions. But as product leaders, really, we need to figure out not only what's the best for the customer, but what is what the company, our company can absorb and uh, how fast so that we don't stress the company too much, right? Does that make sense? That makes a ton of sense, a ton of sense. Um, with that in mind, do you have some favorite IoT products or examples that you would share? Yeah, I, I, have, I have a lot um, that I really like. I, I can share a couple with you that I'm uh, particularly uh, fond of. Um, one of them is a, um, uh, uh, the Tesla cars. And a lot of people don't think about it as an IoT product, but it is because it is a, it's a full hardware device that has a lot of sensors that's gathering a ton of data, sending it to their cloud to provide analysis. Now, the customer of the car sees some benefits of getting that data, but it's mostly right now, Tesla themselves get all those analytics and they can understand in real time how their cars are being used across geographies, across different weather patterns, different driving styles, city versus road, right? So it's a visibility that other manufacturers in the past haven't had before. Right? So I think that's a really good example of how you can use this technology to improve something internal. Um, and then I have other examples that I've actually worked on myself. I'm very passionate about um, uh, renewable energy and so one of the ones that I find really interesting is um, smart energy storage. So you can have these big batteries deployed around the city and they are independently uh, charging when the energy is cheap, discharging when it's expensive and providing value to a specific building, let's say. But in a case that the local utility needs to control demand through the internet, they can actually signal all different batteries in an area and create a virtual network of batteries that can act as a virtual power plant and reduce the power so that you can balance the grid, right? So pretty advanced applications, but you can see that all this is possible now because we have the sensors, we have the super fast and cheap computing, what's called at the edge. We have the bandwidth to do that. We have the cloud analytics and artificial intelligence, right? So those applications, I think, showcase a lot more of the power of this uh, technology trends because yes you can have the smart toaster that you can see on your phone but huh, you know not quite as useful <laughs> well yeah it depends who you ask right but uh, yeah you would see uh, especially when I talk to um, some of my students or clients that are looking into those kind of applications and when they realize the complexity behind building one of those mm -hmm. deploying it maintaining it in the field updating it securing it all of a sudden the convenience doesn't pan out. Yeah, it, there's no question those things are far more complex than they may appear. Mm -hmm. um, what do you see, like in the future, where do you see the next step for IoT? What's on the horizon? Yeah, I think that um, it's still early in the IoT world. And what I see in the horizon is a continuous adoption 
of this philosophy in more and more products. So right now we are at the stage where, yes, we can put together the solutions, we have some business models, we have some um, not excellent success rates of companies deploying these things because it's very complex. So what I'm seeing is not necessarily new things. It's what I'm seeing is the adoption and the actually making it work the way it was promised five years ago. On one end. On the other end is I, I see the need for product managers to really step up into this new challenge because this is not a trend that's going away. This is just a new normal of how technology is evolving. And the learning curve is very, very steep for, for product managers. So I, I really encourage that. So I'm, that those are the main things that I'm seeing. It's not going away. We're going to see a lot more of them. We're going to see more success stories. From the technology perspective, you know, the technology that is powering it now will continue to get better and cheaper, right? So there's, there's really, I mean, we can talk about the technology, but from a product perspective, it really doesn't matter. It's more about what do we do with it. Awesome. All right, so we talked about all kinds of IoT things, things of things. Um, if you wanted people listening, our listeners today, to do two things after they heard this podcast, what would it, what would it be? Um, I think one thing is do a little bit of research on what it takes to build IoT solutions because I think it's going to be important for our profession. Just understand uh, you know, the, the relationship between the hardware and the embedded and the cloud and all those kind of things, right? Um, but more importantly, the second thing that I would ask people is think about, think about this. In your current industry, if you had the ability to add sensors to a physical device in the context of your customer and gather data, could you add more value to your company or to your customer? Right. And that is really the beginning of thinking about IoT. If I had this data, could I provide more value? Right. And so that, that might spark innovation, that might lead you into the path of using IoT. Um, and so I think that's an interesting way of thinking about these new trends. It's all around value. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it and I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Rebecca. I really enjoyed the opportunity of being in the show and, and getting to, to meet you. So thank you so much. And I look forward to keeping in touch. Awesome. Uh, and for all of you listeners who want to dig in even further on this topic and don't want to wait till the next time I convince Daniel to come on our podcast, uh, <laughs> Be sure to check out Daniel's blog. It's at danielelizalda.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-E-L-I-Z-A-L-D-E.com. And I'll also put the link um, in, the, in the description so they can get right there. Yep. And, and also, I, I also have a podcast uh, for IoT product leaders where I interview executives in the industry. And the URL is iotproductleadership.com. And that's a lot easier to remember. And that's actually <laughs> my site as well. So everything is there. Excellent. It's far, yes, it's far easier to spell. <laughs> All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. <laughs>